Welcome to Horror Pod, you sweet fucking beloveds. Ooh, yes. We're in 2024, and sometimes it feels like the world is on fire. Still burning at the crisp. The Matrix is glitching out, babies. Glitching, glitching. Thank you for allowing me to vanish, allowing me to crawl into holes to lick my own wounds while the world was ablazing. You know, the witches always acknowledge the element of fire in each ritual. We use candle magic. We burn bonfires on Beltane and the solstice. Winter solstice, summer solstice. Fire is one of cleansing. The smoke purifies the air. And every time we burn the crops, death happens in preparation for new life. And my question for you right away is when... The world is ablaze when the fire comes. And each of you have experienced a multitude of fires in your existence. Things you didn't think you would fucking survive. And look at you. You're still here right now. Even if you don't think you're going to survive this moment. You've survived many other moments you didn't think you could. There's always... A part of yourself that isn't afraid. And that person can come in and hold the part of you that is scared. There's always a version of yourself that has already done it. And knows they are capable of doing it. The Matrix. The greatest tactic of the Matrix is the illusion of linear time. Because in that linear time, we don't know that we can call in each other and past and future versions of ourselves to hold us in the fire. And my question about fires is, what part of you was set on fire before and is unburnable? No matter what is taken from you, What part of you will always remain? Can you touch that part of you? Can you feel it in your body? Can you feel its strength? Its fucking power? It's there. It's in there. And you, and there are parts that are so unburnable in me. No matter what gets taken away. We can look at each other with pity, with sorrow. We can assume someone's bad circumstance is their own doing or that they're not on the right vibration. We have no idea what parts of themselves they are discovering. We have no idea what parts of them are unburnable. It takes courage to exist right now. And it takes each other. 
And even if each other just means the different versions of you that come hold you in this moment, that come laugh with you, cry with you. There are parts of us that we know aren't of this world, that were there before we were in the womb and will be there long after we're in the tomb. And what I'm really hearing recently is commune with those others. Break bread with the different parts of you and go deep, super fucking deep and find the part of you that will not be burnt. See, I found that part of me. There are people who are pitying me and oh, bad things always happen, the lacy. Maybe, maybe. Maybe my higher self came here to experience hell, but I love life. And in that hell, I have fucking tap danced on the flames. And I've cried and been angry and resentful and full of blame. But that blame isn't real. That blame is a distraction. That blame is a distraction of the beauty of the present. There's this energy of faith, that faith is the candle that lights up a dark room. Witches see fire as representing the faith, the candle that lights up the darkness, that leads the way. Often we burn fires in the energy of expecting a miracle. We light candles for those who have passed to help light their way to the afterlife. We light candles for the ill. We light candles for those experiencing war. We light candles for love spells. Candles, fire, are the energy of faith. The energy of expecting a miracle. And we carry in our body this feeling that the prayer has already been answered and that we are courageous enough, unburnable enough to walk through the flames. During this last year is the first time I felt love in my body. It was a forced trust fall with my community, a forced trust fall with my friends, and a forced trust fall with my family, and they didn't catch me, but my friends did. The men I slept with in the past, they didn't catch me, but the women in my life did. My brother caught me, people held me in this time. And sometimes I did wonder, do we create horrors so that we can be rescued, held, rocked to sleep, and if we do do that, or if you know someone who's doing that, we must not judge because we don't know why they need to be held so bad. I feel like so many of the issues in the world would heal if some of us could just be rocked to sleep at night or held tenderly in the arms of safe energy. Not safe sexual energy, just like, I got you. 
because we are each other. And in this time, it's the first time I felt love in my body. And I've learned a lot about biology and our physicality, our immunity, and the way we all interact with each other's immunity, each other's biology, each other's physicality, and each other's ability to create and to manifest. Even though, in a sense, we are these potent individuals, magical creatures who chose to walk in the human form at this time. That's true. But we're also one. And I hear that a lot, like all one and I don't fucking know. It's just always like, it always just, I don't know. The law of one, raw, no disrespect. It's just never like moved me because because part of my survival was my my hyper identity of self. Like this is who I am. This is what I believe. You can't touch me. Yeah, you can abuse this body, but I'll be okay. Because I'm me and I got me, motherfucker. And then in my sickness I realized like I don't manifest on my own. And my stories are way bigger spells than I ever realized. And I knew, you know, we all know words are spells and that's why we call it spelling. And we know the importance of our story. But I feel like when we talk about it, it's on a very superficial level. Just We're just hitting the surface of it. But we're not going deeper into the parts of why does our story matter? the story we're telling each other. And it matters because we are not the only writers of our story. Every time we tell a story to another, we're giving that person the ability to write in our story. Because every time we tell a story to our friend, Our friend now, even if it's involuntary or subconscious, our friend starts to create a movie in their mind based on the story we're telling them, if they're listening. And they create this movie in their mind. And as soon as that happens, they're imagining our current timeline or future timeline or our past timeline, depending on the story. And imagination creates reality. So every time you tell a story, you're inviting people to imagine your reality with you. This can be a blessing and this can be a curse. Songs and movies and poetry and story and plays, they're subconsciously constantly manifesting for us because we involuntarily imagine what we're hearing and imagination creates reality. So when people are like, the matrix is programming us through Netflix, it's like, yeah, 
It is. But so is your friend. So is anyone you're listening to and watching or hearing. And that doesn't mean you have to listen to the most positive shit. Because sometimes listening to the most positive shit might give you a bad feeling in your body and you might be creating a dark story based on what this person's telling you. Like if someone's telling you an inauthentic positive story, it might not feel like truth to you. It might feel like that person's lying or, or you know, it might feel cringy or they're not, or they're doing it for the wrong reasons. So you start creating a really dark movie in your head, either about that person or about yourself or just about reality in that moment. So what looks like positivity on the surface can create a dark movie in your head. Thus, you imagining this dark movie, then reality starts forming based on this mind movie that's been created. And sometimes people don't have your best interest, you know? You know, like that saying, G's role in silence, referring to don't tell your goals or your dreams or your aspirations until you are clear or you've already done it because you can go tell people and they can create, you can be like, I want to go back to school to be a veterinarian. And you're telling that person and that person might not have your best interest, even if on the surface they seem like they do. They might hear you say you're going to school to be a veterinarian and they're like, oh, that person's too lazy. They won't do that. Or do they have enough money? Or we don't need more veterinarians. And they're like creating that movie in their mind about your goal. And I'm not saying these people have ultimate power over your reality. I'm just saying you're inviting them into your writing room of your movie, of your story. And when we do this as artists, like you guys all have power in my story now because you know so much of me. And for me, that doesn't feel like a curse. It feels like the greatest fucking blessing I could have ever received. And as you know, (laughs) I tell some dark stories and I don't feel like, um, I've been trapped or cursed by telling the dark stories. I feel like I've been freed. And it's not just because I've opened my throat chakra on this microphone. It's because of you, of you guys, and your kindness to me, and your compassion towards me, and you guys envisioning me on a higher timeline. And... Some of you guys have become my fucking friends. Like, you've loved me. Like, family. Just because you heard my secrets on a podcast. And it's because secrets and stories and words, we're all in a collective. We're, we're doing ritual together. By hearing by listening, by paying attention, and by telling the story. One of the greatest gifts I've received in Horpod is me telling scary fucking stories of things I've been ashamed about in my body, in my own actions, in my past. And people writing me and being like, 
yo, thank you for telling this story. Cause now after your episode, I go meet up with my, my friends and we tell stories of shame too. And we really bonded and healed. And there's friend, there's, there's literally people who've listened to this podcast who've fallen in love with each other. I've fallen in love with someone because they listened to this podcast. So telling our stories can set us free and it can be a curse. And one of the greatest ways to know which one it is, is dialogue. When you're telling a story to a friend or to an audience or to a family member, ask them, what do you envision for my timeline when I tell you that? What did you feel in your body when I told you I wanted to go back to school? What did you feel in your body when I told you I think I'm going to win the lottery tonight? Do you think do you think that's not real for me? Are you helping me create a timeline that that doesn't feel true? Or do you envision that in your body too? When more than three people gather, like in the Bible, it talks about like when more than three people gather, it's more likely for that prayer to come to fruition. And when you want to manifest, if you have people you trust and frequencies you trust, get in circle, hold hands, speak Speak that timeline into existence and have your peers speak it too. Because they are you. This is how we are one. This is how we are not separate from each other. We are writers for each other's stories. Because imagination creates reality. We also are constantly affecting the biology of each other whether we know it or not. And yeah, there's obvious ways we're affecting the biology of each other by exchanging fluids, sex, kissing. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everyone is an energy reader. If you are not an NPC, if you're not a non-playable character, then you are here as a magic being in a fucking human body Whatever even a human body means. I saw some shit last night and I'm seriously questioning if we're AI right now. As far as like being a computer and code. We'll talk about that later. Um, But if you're here right now in this human form, you are an energy reader. You are psychic. You have powers. Everything is magic. And the matrix is currently eating itself. And you're seeing the matrix glitch out. You're seeing the walls crumble, the walls of illusion crumble. But in that, you, whether you know it or not, you're reading every energy around you and every person is affecting your health, positively, negatively. Some feel more neutral, but we're all affecting each other's frequency. And if you're in a crowded room, whether conscious or not, you can feel the energy of the person who just walked in the room and your physicality will respond to that other person's energy. More dramatic, noticeable ways are some people walk in and other people will get more BO 
Like they'll just sweat more out of their armpits or they'll get sweaty palms just because another person has entered. And it can bring up anxiety and people usually stimulate the stress hormone in each other's body. So cortisol is the stress hormone or the love hormone, which is oxytocin. And by affecting our cortisol, like if someone comes in and you're like, "Mm, this isn't the right frequency for me, I'm sweating, I feel more anxious, I'm getting a little shaky or nauseous. And again, these are more dramatic examples. Not everyone will do this to your body. But as soon as that happens, your hormones change. Your brain chemistry changes. Your blood pressure changes. We literally become new people depending on the people we're surrounding ourselves with. And that's the more negative side. When we feel love and warmth and connection and a light from someone, that love hormone oxytocin lowers the blood pressure, releases cortisol, helps us relax, regulates our fucking period. We bleed together for goodness sakes. We manifest for each other and we affect each other's bodies because no body is of its own. And in this process of illness, you guys have all heard me talk about parasites a lot. Jesus. I learn more about parasites every day and I'm sure everyone in my vicinity wishes I would shut the fuck up about parasites. But my view on parasites and parasitic interactions have been shifting. And in that shifting, I'm realizing that we are all a world in and of ourselves. We are an ecosystem full of creatures living inside of us. So not only is our body just not our body, but there's a whole world and whole ecosystem inside our physical selves. We are a walking city, a walking universe. And I know we've all seen those, um, those images where the walnut looks like the brain and the eyeball looks like space. And it's because we are nature. Our bodies aren't just our body. We're sort of reflections of everything we've experienced. We are a hologram of all of our moments and of each other and of nature. And we have all these fucking creatures inside of us. I'm still learning what it means to balance our bodies of parasites. And some people are like, well, I'm not going to do a parasite cleanse because no matter what we do, there's parasites and everything in the air, in the ground, in our water, in our food. And there's truth to that. Like, we'll always be doing a dance with the parasites in this life. And I really think part of our existence is learning this dance with the parasite and learning where we ourselves are parasitic. Because in a sense, we're parasitic to the earth, right? We just feed off the earth. I have and can be extremely parasitic to people around me. And I have definitely attracted 
parasitic relationships where my belief was based on I'm only worthy of love if you can eat from my table, if you can eat from my flesh. So it's complex, but I think we do still have to cleanse from the parasites. There's other countries that do it on a cycle. Some say every few weeks, some say every few months, some say once a year. I even heard a doctor say once a week recently. And that just kind of depends on your own ecosystem. But I don't think we'll ever be rid of the parasites, but I think it's really important to clean our house, to clean our city, just to to have some sense of balance. So even if there will always be parasites or parasites come back, it's just like when you clean your house, you're not like, it's going to get dirty again, so I won't clean. And cleaning is not my strong suit. <laughs> Um, I feel free in chaos. I feel safer there, safer in the dirt and the muck. But my guides keep reminding me like sweeping the broom, the witch, that's witchcraft. It's getting the dust out, cleaning out the cobwebs, allows for new energy. So even though our bodies are this wild city ecosystem, they need clean sometimes. And there's, there's so many species living in there. And if you look at pictures of these micro tiny species living in your body, they look fucking alien as fuck. So some say parasites are demons. Some say they're aliens. Some say they're different versions of us. Or they represent the parts of us that are parasitic or our parasitic relationships or our, our past dark timelines. I don't know what they are. But they weigh us down. And that feels true to me. And I may have said this before, but I want to say it again. Like when I've had visions of parasites, it's this energy of them trying to tether us, to keep us to the earth and the underworld so that um, we don't ascend. So we don't levitate or go up. And I don't know if that's fucking true. I could be full of shit. But every time I cleanse from a parasite, I feel lighter. I feel a higher frequency. And I feel this energy of levitation. An energy of levitation, I'm not telling you I'm floating around my room, But I have had more dreams of floating, which to me always feels like a beautiful omen. Now, we're all affecting each other. And we're all this walking city that affects each other's city. This walking beehive we are. And then we're told and shamed and guilted about like, Pull yourself up on, from the bootstraps, honey. Why'd you manifest this? Why'd you do that? Why are you in this position again? Why, are, why aren't you more successful? And it's just like, if you're sick, it's because the world is sick around you. If you're depressed, you're perceiving depression around you. You're a channel for that depression. If you have extreme grief, you're a fucking channel for grief right now. And some of us came here to be a channel for grief. 
Some here of us came to experience the tears that others can't feel. Some came to fight and be on the front lines. Some came to turn everything into a joke. But we're all bouncing off each other. And the performer on stage is fucking nothing without the audience. I've been blessed in knowing I'm not alone. You guys showed up for me. And the fucking women in my life showed up for me. And my brother showed up for me. And I'm so lucky. There were moments when I didn't know if anyone was going to ever come, you know? And in those moments, I called on different spirits to come to me. And you can say maybe that's not true, but it felt true to me. Having this higher version of myself hold me when I felt an aching. And one of the things, one of the magic, magic things I discovered in the last year is the energy of propolis. Do you guys know propolis? Propolis is also known as bee glue. And it's this malleable, waxy substance created by bees. And bees go around, buzz, buzz, to different trees and flowers. And even trees, or even bees know they are not a singular presence. That they are constantly affecting one another's immune system and one another's well-being and one another's safety. So bees create propolis and they, they go to the trees and they do this sort of ritual with the tree and they tap into the tree's immunity and they get resin from the tree and then they go to flowers and they go to the sap in the flowers and they get resin from the flowers and then they go back into the beehive and they mix the resin from the trees and the flowers to create propolis and it becomes this waxy malleable substance like glue and they use it in the hive for domestic construction so the bees use it literally to patch the walls of the beehive to create homeostasis within the beehive so homeostasis is created when we regulate the temperature of our body or of a room and using propolis regulates the temperature for the beehive so they're not as affected by the external environments when a bee in the colony gets sick other bees so one bee is not doing so well all the other bees will fly out of the hive and work really hard to go collect more resin to make more propolis for the sick bee and beekeepers have watched this and studied this and they noticed that the bees are always in support of each other's immune system because when there's one sick bee in the hive 
it has the ability to make everyone sick. And the bees work really hard to create homeostasis by keeping everyone healthy. And they call this this process of the bees keeping the other bee healthy, they call it social immunity. And it's kind of like the energy, as corny as it sounds, all for one and one for all. And the bees display this in their everyday life where they're like really coming together as community to take care of the sick person. And then by doing that, it strengthens all of their health. The name propolis comes from the Greek origin and pro, the beginning of the word pro, means to come before or in front. And polis means the city. And some people are saying that this word means in front of the city. And in that time, it translated to the energy of protect the city, propolis, protect the city. And the bees use the propolis to protect their city because the hive is their city. And it's really interesting because we can take propolis internally in our own bodies and it protects our ecosystem, our city within ourselves. The way that the bees use the propolis for construction, we sort of use it for construction in our own physical form, meaning it can create homeostasis in our physical bodies. The bees use the propolis to make their beehive waterproof. Like they're they're amazing construction workers. And they use this propolis to seal the walls to make it waterproof, to regulate the temperature. And the propolis is a natural kind of protector for the beehives. They use it to reduce the size of the entrance of their door, making it a lot harder for invaders to get into the hive. Bees to my surprise, are very aware of parasites and the damage that they, the parasites can cause in the hive. And parasites, other insects, parasitic insects, try to come into the beehive to eat at the table of the bees. They want to feed off the hard work of the bees and suck the bees dry. So they're trying to get into the hive to live off the bees' honey, And the bees use the propolis to make the door so small that it's way harder for the invaders to get in. And propolis itself can kill parasites. So the bees use it to make it harder to get into the hive. And then when the humans use the bees' propolis in our bodies, we make it harder for insects, harder for parasites to get inside of us. And propolis is known to kill parasites in the physical body as well as the beehive. Whoa. And yeah, I take propolis in a tincture form. So it's like that, that, that sort of glue It is put in alcohol to extract the medicinal benefits of the propolis. Now there's part of propolis that doesn't sit right with me if I'm honest because I just because I'm not sure how sustainable this is if we have bees dying 
But see, we can't be us without the bees. And what they build and create has so much beautiful effects on our physical form. And one day, I'm telling you guys this as a goal. I know G's move in silence, but help me manifest this, please. One day I hope to be a beekeeper myself. And I and I hope and pray that you guys want to be beekeepers too. And I have this vision over a timeline where we're all beekeepers together, okay? So don't create a fucked up movie from what I just told you and imagine me as a happy, weird looking witch with long dark red hair tending my motherfucking bees because that buzz is healing to their bodies and that vibration is healing to ours so back to the bees back to the hive when a vader bombards a beehive um the bees can kill the invader and after they kill it the bees are very aware that they don't want a corpse rotting in their hive we don't want a corpse rotting in our body. And sometimes we have parasitic corpses rotting inside of us. I know that sounds really gross, but there's ways to cleanse it. Like propolis, black walnut, clove. Anyways, they know that this corpse is dying and that it's not benefic- benefiting the social immunity of the hive. So what they do is they... um take the propolis, the the bee glue, and they embalm the corpse of the dead. Embalm. And like how the Egyptians embalmed bodies. And it's said that ancient Egypt learned how to embalm from the bees because Egyptians, when they embalmed bodies, guess what they used? the bee glue propolis what so the reason the bees would embalm these insects is because it kept them safe there was this barrier with the bee glue that didn't allow the bacteria and the viruses to transfer from the rotting corpses to the other bees how fucking divine is that you're gonna tell me there's no such thing as magic are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me anyone who's ever told me there's no such thing as magic get a grip okay get a grip and study bees because they are doing ritual magic from the resin of trees and flowers and we all have more to learn from these bees Yeah, I just I just want to keep talking about how like the energy of embalmment and how the Egyptians would use the propolis to embalm the bodies because it kept them safe, right? They didn't want the rotting corpse of a human body to spread bacteria and to make other people sick. The propolis is like a seal. It seals the corpse up it seals the hive it seals the physical body propolis will always vary in composition because it's never of the same beehive it's never of the same colony of bees that made it 
And it varies from season to season. It varies depending on what trees or flowers are growing near the hive. If humans take propolis, um, it's really good for the common cold, sore throats, genital herpes, cold sores, man, cold sores. I don't know. I was reading studies that say that propolis is one of, and I'm not a doctor, okay? Not a doctor. Don't get mad at me. Just a weird witch. But it's said that propolis is one of the greatest ways to get rid of cold sores. Um, that mixed with high dose vitamin C. So just like a good vitamin C and some propolis can get your cold sore away in a jiffy. It's anti-parasite. It's really great for female infertility and female health issues like PCOS and endometriosis. Um, People, because it's so anti-inflammatory, it's really good for rheumatoid arthritis. And it's an antioxidant. It's anti-cancer. It has wound healing abilities. Propolis lowers blood pressure, treats allergies, And you know how I was saying like propolis is a seal? Well, in a sense, it like strengthens your hair and it makes it less likely to have dead ends on your hair and just stronger, longer hair. And it's like something about it like protects, it like seals the individual hair strands in a way. I might be really saying that wrong. I'm not saying you're going to have glossy honey hair because you took a little propolis. I have no fucking idea. Just something I read that it strengthens hair. This was just like, oh, we aren't separate from who the bees are. We aren't separate from each other. My body is my body because of you. My healing is my healing because of you, because of we, because of thee. We manifest together. We curse and bless each other. And we affect each other's biology. We are walking hives, walking cities, walk ecosystems. And propolis, pro, in front of, polis, the city. In front of the city, protect the city. Protect the city that is the self. Thank you so much for still being here. Thank you for being brave enough to acknowledge the parts of you that are unburnable. The parts of you that are dissolving right now and the parts of you that are being mixed with all of the elements that surround you to become something new. I lived a long... I lived most of my life thus far with my claws out. We, you know, we put our claws out when we want to protect ourselves. There's this part of me that's still this like fucking scared cat in the corner. And I'm like, come at me, bitch. I'll scrape your motherfucking face. But what in life, what in yourself can you lean into so that we can retract our claws a bit? So we can see each other and know that we are writing for each other. And when I was talking about how we're manifesting from each other, I talked a lot about from the perspective of the performer, the one telling the story. But like, if someone in your life is hurting or scared, like we can be writers in their story. 
on the spiritual level, I believe you can envision health for your brother or success for your mother or your best friend. And you like, and then when I say envision, I'm like, I use the word vision, which is a little confusing, but I'm saying like feel in your fucking body what it would feel like if your mother had that success or if your friend got that new job or your brother was so healthy, like feel that in your fucking body. Sure, see it, but like what does your tummy feel like when you imagine your friend getting that job? What is What does it do to your heart rate? What does it do to your toes? Can you ground into it? What is your spine doing? Can you breathe into that? Like, there's a magic and feeling that I can't put words to yet, but I know the feeling helps us jump timelines. And so we have other writers in our story, and we are writers in the greater story. We can curse and bless each other. Here you are. You guys are still fucking here. And let me tell you, it takes courage to be in this world right now. And you're brave enough to be. Here you are. And so it is. May all blessings be. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting my Patreon, even when I couldn't get on and make content. I'm starting to make content now, and I'll be back on Patreon doing lives and live energy readings for the patrons for free. There will also be other episodes on there, and I'm hoping to upload some unreleased episodes this week. I absolutely love the privilege of doing readings and sessions with you guys and I am in the space to do that now. You can join me on the Patreon at patreon slash Lacey Free. You can book a reading with me at LaceyFree.com and you can find me on Instagram at Lacey is free free. Blessed be. Thank you so fucking much. Bye.